This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Illini Inquirer podcast, Jeremy Warner, Derek Piper, and we have a lot to chat about with Illini basketball because there's a lot going on. It's a normal summer, and uh, in this normal summer, it's an abnormal one for Illinois because they might have a player, or they will have a player, get drafted on draft night on Thursday night. Derek Piper and I are recording this on Wednesday, and we just got done talking with new Illini assistant Tim Anderson. Derek has been on the recruiting trail, as I like to say, in his natural habitat, so we got a lot to break down there. Uh, and, and vibes are good, Derek. A, a top five recruiting class for the moment. Kofi Coburn is back. Uh, you know, the, the roster looks great. Looks even deeper possibly than last year. Obviously, you're replacing, I would assume, we're replacing Adam Miller. Uh, but vibes are good, man. For Illinois basketball, I imagine for you, because there's been a lot of fun things to cover. Yeah, everything turned out to be all right, really kind of in the end, which is is good at the end of this and closing out the summer on a high note with a lot of excitement, notably so, uh, heading into the fall, both for the team and for the recruiting potential in 2022. And I think that uh, now that we can tie a bow for the most part, I know we still have some support staff positions to, to get answers on, but as far as the three assistants go, I think uh, there, there's still going to be a lot to prove as far as this new assembly of the staff, but uh, good vibes about what Brad Wood was able to put together and piece together. We're going to talk about Tim and, and kind of just the thoughts there, but yeah, it was, it was great to have a normal summer on the AU scene, uh, a nice uh, normal summer of basketball, busy one at that, but it's great to get back in that, in that habitat, habitat, grind it out. And uh, yeah, they got two, well, three commits on the board already and uh, some nice building blocks as they go into the fall. Listen, I don't want to bite the hand that feeds because this fan base is crazy and I love it. Um, but, Derek, were you surprised at how j- quickly they jumped from Kofi and Tim Anderson to, all right, we, we need to know who's who's the support staffer here? Like, the, the, the level of interest in that is just, it's, it's so Illinois and I love it. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, the, the fact that we don't have the, that answer, that we don't know who the walk-ons are going to be. I mean, that, that whole kind of hunger. I appreciate it. It is, um, comes with the, the territory. It comes, comes with the job for us, uh, is trying to feed that crazy appetite. But yeah, I mean, that's why, that's why we love them. Uh, Isaac and I always called them deep cuts with football. They didn't get this much interest though. Like when we were talking about the third string offensive line or this redshirt freshman walk on who looks really interesting, like Jordan Holmes talk didn't interest people as much as like, say the the uh, support staffer for Illinois basketball. But all right, Derek, in this pod, I want to break down Io. You and I can talk about where we'd like to see him in the NBA. Does feel like he's in that 
20 to 35 range. Uh, I chatted with Kyle Boone of CBS Sports. We had great thoughts on Iowa. He's always been a big fan of him. Uh, and I thought he had really rational thoughts about what, what Iowa projects to be and where he could go in the draft. But it's exciting to talk about that. Uh, we also want to talk about what you saw on the recruiting trail, including one Illini commit you saw go off and one target who has just blown up this summer, which I know you're probably not very surprised about. But we did just talk with Tim Anderson and Brad Underwood about Tim Anderson. What did you think? What were your biggest takeaways from, I guess we're on Zooms again for about an hour and 15 minutes yeah. with those guys. I, I don't want to go back to the Zoom so so people get vaccinated and wear masks if you have to. I, the in-person stuff is better than these Zooms. But I learned a lot about Tim, uh, especially I thought in this. But what were your biggest takeaways? Yeah, Tim's an impressive guy, and you can see why his personality certainly resonates and relates to a lot of people in Chicago, and he has that proven track record in terms of what he was able to do at DePaul, uh, and as he talked about, a program that maybe externally didn't have a whole lot to sell, but he was able to to bring in Ahmad Bynum and uh, a transfer in Charlie Moore and uh, be able to have some nice you know, gets on his resume um, at, during that four-year stint at, at DePaul and then also uh, just be a, a fairly prominent figure as when you're the director, you know, head coach of the Mean Streets uh, and knowing the kind of talent that they have and just the status they have in the, the Nike EYBL that um, he's someone that has connections. He's someone that uh, as you talk to him, you can really uh, see his passion both for basketball but also for Chicago where he's from. Uh, the community that was something that you could really take away um, from today's conversations with him. But uh, he's a confident guy, someone that's going to you know go out on the recruiting trail and expect to do really well. And, and also the development piece as he breaks down, you know how he's been able to work with Derrick Rose and Anthony Davis and, and other names along those lines. Uh, I think as you kind of get that whole gauge of, of what he brings to the table, and then. You, I think his history as well, as far as when he's name dropping Kiwan Garris and uh, playing with or knowing Luther Head and all that, like there's a lot to like uh, about what he brings. Passion for Illinois, wanting to stay as an assistant, not go Duke, Kentucky, whatever. Uh, he said all the right things, uh, and he definitely won that press conference. But uh, Tim's impressive, and I, I think that again, as we've talked about before, when we first got the news, or even just kind of breaking down what he'd bring, the ties to Chicago. Uh, it just makes sense as far as fit goes, and I, I do think he'll do well. Yeah, he did check off. I know the the 2020-21 thing is to say, like, checking off the bingo card or whatever you have. Um, he did a few of those things, saying he wouldn't leave for another assistant job, which is what Illini fans want to hear right now. Uh, talking about how this is a blue blood program, that they're playing for national championships, not just Big Ten championships. Which is great. I mean, you, you want to have high expectations here. Uh, but also listening off like Lucas Johnson and Sergio McClain and Corey Bradford. And, and for me, who, who grew up just south of Chicago, he mentioned Channel 26, which is the U. And yeah, there used to be Bulls games, Illini games on there. Uh, between watching like Martin and uh, like ah, Family Matters was on there. Like just a bunch of shows. Um, it's very Chicago to, to mention those things. And yeah, obviously he is a Chicago guy. And I think that is going to come through, right? Like he talked about today, and Joey's going to write a story on this, 
Um, one of the reasons he thought about not getting back into coaching, like DePaul offered to bring him back and he didn't go back and he was considering some other options, but it felt like he was just going to stick with his training, maybe do some youth coaching uh, and stay in the area partly uh, to do those things, but to also work with his violence prevention program that he had started. And, you know, it's something that means a lot to him. So he grew up in Chicago. I, I think that is invaluable for Illinois, just to have conversations with anybody who grows up in Chicago, whether it's Mean Streets, uh, whether it's Macrovan Fire, whether it's Illinois Wolves. Uh, he knows where those kids grew up, and it does seem like he's got positive relationships outside of Mean Streets. It's not like, hey, we're this group and we're not going to recruit that group. Feels like he's got pretty good relationships everywhere. But he and Underwood did fight back about, you know, this isn't just Chicago guy, but it's clear that's a huge value. Uh, for for Illinois. And that's going to be a big part that, hey, we're going to recruit Chicago. But it's not like, it's just like with Brett Bielma in Illinois, you recruit the heck out of it, but you can't just solely focus on that. Like for Illinois for too long did that and it didn't work out for him. Brad Underwood and Chester Frazier and in Orlando Antigua and, you know, Chin Coleman was the Chicago guy, but he went out and got talent elsewhere, including Brandon Podjemsey, uh, Coleman Hawkins. Like, you got to go elsewhere. So it just seems like he's a good fit with with the pieces they have. Jeff has good in-state connections. Jeff has out-of-the-country connections. And Chester's just uh, an ace. I think we can call Chester Frazier for Illinois an ace, uh, what what he's been able to do. So, um, yeah, I thought he came across really well. This job means a lot to him. He's obviously getting paid very well. Uh, It seems like a great opportunity for him and a really good fit. Like, I I think the resume, and this isn't taking a shot at Chin, who's awesome for Illinois, just the resume was a little bit better than what Chin had coming into Illinois. And he does have probably more connections in the basketball industry, given the names you mentioned, Anthony Davis, Derek Rose, like he's trained pros. Um, So I think that's, that's really valid. It just seems like the staff, Brad was talking about puzzle pieces. They seem to work. Derek, and we'll see what what happens on the court, but it it all makes sense. Yeah, I certainly agree with that. And it's encouraging to hear or just look at the resume of guys that Tim has worked with, and it's not just one position. So I do think he has the ability to kind of float around to working with different guys as far as workout goes development-wise. You assume Chester with guards, Jeff with bigs, and then Tim, whether it's just wings or everything in between. Um, as far as that fit goes, um, but and then having the Chicago just ties, connections, knowing how that works, the basketball scene, and, and to have someone that is, as you said, in comparison to Chin, that he has the high major experience. Also, he does have the obvious direct tie to Mean Streets, but also uh, the proven relationships with some other uh, valuable parties on the Chicago scene, whether that be Mac Urban or other high schools. Um, so that is going to be intriguing to see how it always works out because as we talked about like loyalties and stuff that does get, it can get messy. I'm not saying maybe Tim, and especially with where Illinois is at, you could just see kind of the confidence that's coming off of him. And he mentioned having the backing of the eye and then where that is at this point with the winning. And uh, as we're going to talk about uh, Chicago, Chicago's son in, in Iowa about to get drafted. So uh, that certainly helps, but uh, I think there is, quite a bit to be excited about with what Tim can bring to the table. And uh, Chen was successful in what he was able to do. And and Tim comes in with a little bit more of a a proven track record uh, than than Chen did. 
Yeah, and obviously he's got connections from DePaul, but maybe not as many to hit the ground running like Chester did, right? And and it's going to take him time. Like he hasn't been out on the recruiting trail uh, quite yet. So I don't know if you're going to have like an immediate dividend of like, oh, yes, you're definitely getting A.J. Casey because, one, A.J. Casey didn't have a great summer, but like is that going to be the priority guy or is it – you know, going to be something down the road. I, I think that might take a little bit more time. But Derek, let's talk about what you did see on the recruiting trail this summer. And I, I want to start with one of the Illini commits uh, you recently saw, and that's that's Jade Neps. And if, if you've seen Sincere Harris, you can talk about him as well. But Jade Neps, you just saw go for 26 against uh, Reggie Bass, another Illini commit. Uh, what'd you think about about Jade Neps, a guy I dropped a Carson Edwards comp <laughs> last time? It's just the style of play, his size. Uh, I don't if he's Carson, that'd be the best case scenario for Illinois. But uh, he's a bucket getter, right? Yeah, he certainly is. I think that is a good comp as far as you know, just play style or um, just around about kind of setting the bar of expectation. Just what he's going to bring to the table is he's a score first guard and, and someone that when it's his night, which is going to be more times likely than not is just going to put up a bunch of points and, and really be able to have these runs of offense where he's going to take over segments of the game and uh he's, he's got the ability to get hot from three now is he a lights out 40 percent three-point shooter he's not that at this point in time but when he's got it going he can he can rattle him off you know two three in a row he's got a nice pull-up jumper that's something that he's really worked on and developed and uh, going to the rim, he's strong for a 6'2". I mean, he's not as far as – he's not bouncy or really explosive, but he is not afraid of seeking out some contact to get him to the free throw line, but also to be able to finish. And he is crafty around the rim. And I, I also just really like how he operates in traffic. He doesn't seem to be phased when there's a lot of bodies around him, still recognizing, okay, I got a sh- shooter open in the corner that I got to dish that out to. Uh, I know he's known as a scorer and he does want to continue to work on being more of a facilitator, making guys around him better. Uh, that is something that he needs to continue to grow and also just continuing to be more efficient because there are games where I mean, he's definitely going to get his clips up. And if it's not going down, uh, that is something that he can just kind of get better at. But overall, he's definitely in that top 50 to 75 range, pure bucket getter, uh, someone that Kansas definitely was very, very serious about. Um, and you were able to get him locked up early. So the Chester relationship was proved vital, and I, I loved what I saw from him. And he absolutely took over the game against Reggie. Uh, nothing to knock Reggie. Reggie's had a nice summer as well, but uh, Jaden was clearly a dominant figure in that game and, and really gave it to him. All right, this was three days ago as you were watching him burn the nets again. It might have been four days ago by now, but Piper tweets, Jaden shoot is the best 2022 in the state. No further questions. How long had you been thinking that, Derek, and what made you tweet it publicly? Okay, so um, does this count as a further question? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, this is. I'm, I got to dig on this. You, you ain't no comment in this one. Yeah, there we go. Um, I've been thinking it really – well, it, it's not necessarily a thought that I just had in Indianapolis. It, it's something that as I've watched – AJ Casey not really live up to kind of the expectations that a lot of people have set for him just based on his potential and his ability. And I think he's still really talented and and being at six foot eight and as long as he is and athletic as he is, he still has a lot of upside. Uh, But Jaden, with the way he shoots at an elite level, the fact that he is a very good athlete vertically, I mean, 40 inch vertical, um, you you do have to factor in AJ, you have to factor in Braden Huff, who I 
like a lot. Cam Kraft is doing some big things, but uh, Jaden has, in my opinion, created some separation. And then just to do that at the Under Armour Finals where you're in bracket play and you're trying to win a championship, and he has a game on Saturday where he hits six threes and he just completely takes over the game. And Sunday it's the championship and Underwood's there, Izzo's there, Shire's there, Greg Gard's there, Fran is there, and he has four threes in the first quarter. And it's just so it's so pure and smooth with his stroke, and he doesn't need a whole lot of separation because it's a it's a quick shot. Uh, I just I think he's the best. I think he's the best uh, player in the state for this senior class. I think he's got the most upside. Um, I know that's you can that's debatable still with AJ as I mentioned, but that was something I was thinking about. And, and as he was rattling them off in that first quarter, I was like, I, I just got to put this out there and, and get my opinions stamped right then and there that, that he's number one for me. Yeah. And I, I, I think there's definitely a case for it, Derek, because I mean, at some point, yeah, potential matters just like in the NBA draft, but also you got to play, right? You got you got to put up the numbers. You got to lead your team to victories. And, you know, Jaden was a huge part, obviously, of the Wolves winning that tournament, which is unbelievable. I mean, Mike Mullins does a great job with that program. Um, I, I want to ask you, because I, I see highlights of him, right? And he is bouncy. Like, he can finish at the rim on those baseline cuts that North, uh, that I call, almost call them Northwestern, but the Illinois Wolves like to do. Um, and then the release, man. Like, you can't give him space. Like, he'd see a guy just sag off him for a second, load shoot. Like, he he knows, like, when I have that inch of space that I need. And he he's so accurate, of course. That, that's a huge part of it. What, what can he be at the next level? Like, is he just elite shooter and, you know, can finish at the rim? Or, or can he create a little bit? I think that is part of what's going to be further uh, as far as his advancement is being able to – make a move off the dribble that's not just a straight line drive. Now, he can come off. He runs off screen or just moves without the ball exceptionally well, and he's going to catch. And if he feels that defender on his on his hip, he's going to take maybe two dribbles into a, a mid-range pull-up or, or to make a pass. But uh, I think at this moment, his handle and kind of just his shot creation maybe isn't um, as advanced as it can be in a couple of years, and it's something that he's going to develop in college. Uh, he does need to get stronger. He does need to become a better defender. I don't think he's been challenged in high school playing the 1A uh, defensively all that much. And then going into the AU scene, there is some times where you say, hey, he needs, he needs to get better at the center of the floor. But he is definitely a elite shot maker, whether it's off the catch or, you know, a couple dribbles and pull up. Uh, but, yeah, I, I do think that as he goes further, he can be someone that can get you one – with a dribble, with a, I'm going to break this guy down one-on-one. -on -one. But right now it's mostly, uh, you know, running off a screen or uh, being able to, you know, one or two dribble and kind of that's that's his comfort zone. But you, you can throw out some names. And we always get caught up, you know, in, in this whole deal. But, like, there's 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 the J.J. Redick type deal. There's the – I'm sure John Shire sees a decent amount of John Shire in him. But uh, – Though that yeah. kind of realm is just a big time, big time shooter is is what he's about. Yeah, so we have him underranked at twenty four seven at one fourteen. I think that's safe yes. to say, but we are like the high ones on him. Uh, he is in the composite one sixty nine. Uh, I think that's his. Coleman Hawkins was like one sixty nine or something. Um, so Derek, would you have him? I know you haven't scouted every player in the country like like some of our other guys. But is he a top 100 kind of guy? Is he top 75 kind of guy? Or are you putting him like top 50-ish? 
I think, and look, Eric Bossy and, and the guys that we have and our others, you know, out there in the industry that their task is, okay, know every player in the country. Like that is so difficult uh, to be able to, to undertake, but he's definitely in the top 100. That's not even a, I don't even need to talk about that even more. Even no more, no further 50, questions. <laughs> no further questions. No. Uh, 50 to 75, I think is, and, you know, very, you know, I see that as where he needs to be at the very least. Could I be we really sat down and broke it down? Could he be in the top 50? I think that he's got that potential. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what he, he's playing down at the MBPA top 100 camp this week. And it will be interesting to see kind of what his reviews are from that, where he's really in that realm of other guys in that same range. But 50 to 75 is a must in my opinion. And again, I would, I would rank him higher than Casey, higher than Huff. Um, those guys aren't like, it's not huge separation, but cause I think Huff's a top 100 player. Casey's still top 100, but shoot in my opinion, 50 to 75, maybe, you know, 50 to 60, that kind of range. Yeah. And uh, what a name for, for a knockdown shooter. Jaden shoot. Uh, all right, Derek, um, Cam Whitmore is another top target who has blown up uh, on the wing. So I want to break this down. Like the wing targets, it's obvious that that shoot and Whitmore are kind of like the two ideal guys Illinois would love. And then we'll get into the post here. But I, I mean, how do you feel about where they stand? Because those guys obviously have, have great offers and shoot uh, is just got a Duke offer, of course, and North Carolina seems to be pretty close behind. So um, where, where do you think Illinois stands with, with those two kind of elite targets right now? You've got a chance for sure uh, with both of those guys. And uh, Chester's put you in a pretty darn good spot with Whitmore, and you're going to get what's – Currently slated as his first official visit during the fall. He's taken – he took one to Maryland uh, in June and also took on officials to Georgetown and Villanova. Um, I, I do think that you're kind of on a short list, probably top two, top three for Cam Whitmore. And we'll see – I mean, North Carolina did offer him as well this summer, and we'll see kind of where they're positioned at going into the fall of trying to push for him. He's been one of the most impressive players on the circuit. Uh, I know that Bossy's written about him a lot. Travis Branham has written about him. Uh, as just, you know, as hot of a name on the trail as there is. But that being said, I do think Illinois has a has a good sh- shot. And I would be imagining that Jaden Epps, he told me that he's getting in the air of some guys, didn't name any names, but being East Coast out there, I imagine that uh, Cam Whitmore is one of those. Jaden Shoot will be interesting. This guy is really, really good about keeping the, the hand close to the vest. Great poker player, I imagine. Uh, the Duke offer is – is one you can't really deny. And for him to have that championship game performance in front in front of Shire makes you think, okay, they're probably going to be pretty serious about him. That's got to be tough. I still think even without Duke, you were chasing that being Illinois, Michigan State going into the fall. Uh, now him not committing in June on that official visit was good news, but uh, I still think that they are a little a step ahead of Illinois, in my opinion. And we'll see if Carolina jumps in, if Gonzaga jumps in, Texas – He's got a lot of interest right now. So uh, you're going to have a chance with an official visit. You're going to have to knock it off out of the park, Eloy Jimenez style. <laughs> you got to throw your boy in there. Uh, He's back. And, and, see where, and see where it goes. <laughs> no, uh, you rattle off that list, and I imagine like Illini fans listening to this, like their heart sinks, and I'm thinking the opposite. I, I'm thinking you have Jaden Epps and Sincere Harris, two top 100 guards. You have Kofi Coburn coming back. 
You just won the Big Ten Tournament Championship. I know the NCAA Tournament didn't go the way you wanted, but you were one of the best teams in the country last year. And you're in battles. Like, you have a legit chance at some of these guys. Like, that, to me, is not like, oh, no. Like, this is is bad. Like, to me, that's great. Like, that is a great place to be. Where you are worried about losing battles for, like, you know, like guys who are definitely going to make a huge impact uh, and not guys you're just taking flyers on. All right, speaking of that, in the post, Braden Huff has become a top target. You saw a lot of him this weekend with the Illinois Wolves. Cam Corn, we've talked about. How do you kind of look at this post picture, Derek? Because obviously with Kofi leaving, you have Omar Payne. You know, hopefully you have him for multiple years here. Coleman Hawkins is going to get stronger and be in the mix in that post rotation in the next couple of years and, and maybe be a high ceiling guy. But you need more uh, up front. That, that is probably even a bigger need than on the wing right now. So what, what do you think about where they stand uh, in the class 2022 chasing posts? They've done a great job, obviously, with Cam Corrin to be able to get him on an official visit last month. And um, again, I've said it multiple times. If you just read anything and everything he says about Chester Frazier, like that is uh, one that he has put Illinois in a a spectacular position to be able to get him. And uh, is he consistently dominating, like as far as his production at Peach Jam? No, but he's got great upside. He doesn't need to get stronger. Um, But in terms of being a good athlete, someone that can shoot the three. Uh, will he impact you right away as a five-man? I, I think he's a modern five. Can he play some four potentially? Uh, but he, he's, in terms of, like, put him in your program for two years and what's he going to be after you know, developing with Fletch, a shot blocker, finisher above the rim, and a guy that can shoot the three. Like, there's a lot to be excited about with him, and that's why he has the offers he has. I think Illinois and Florida State are his top two. Uh, I think that Illinois needs to win that one. And, and that does kind of play off of what else they have going. Like Braden Huff, I, I really love his offensive upside. I think Illinois has done a good job to be in the mix. It'll be interesting going forward, kind of how that plays out because Wisconsin's been in there for a long time. Vatek is really in there, maybe better than some people think. And he just got offers from Iowa and Michigan State. So uh, we'll see how kind of a how much of a legitimate look he gives those guys entering the fold late. We talked about Illinois going to get in later in the mix. Uh, how open is he going to be going into the fall? That'll be interesting. Beyond that, I think it's fairly thin in terms of guys that you feel really good about. Uh, Khalil Ware is a five-star out of Arkansas that he's mentioned visiting Illinois, but you're really on the outside of, you know, Arkansas is in deep. Texas is one he's talked a lot about here recently. Uh, Ernest Uday is, is another guy that's, in the top 30, but again, a guy that you're kind of in there and he's considered visiting, but you're not one of those highlighted big time suitors. Um, someone like uh, Taurus Reed cut his list, about to probably go to Michigan. So uh, beyond Huff and Corin, I think it's really fairly thin as far as just, in, I hesitate to even say impact. I think Corin and Huff need some development, but uh, top priority big men that you have that you're in a great position for, and that, that's not to say that they would be afraid of going to the transfer portal and b- bolstering it that way. Or in fact, they do have Omar Payne, but that's kind of where I see it right now. They do need to feel really good about their class, get one of Corn and Huff, and probably add a transfer big man after this this season. By the way, uh, just looking at the recruiting results recently in the last couple of years. Uh, obviously, you can develop players and things can change, but Michigan is at another level. 
Ohio State is recruiting really well. Um, they got a lot of commits already in the 2022 class, the number one class in the country right now. Illinois, obviously recruiting well. Michigan State had a good class last year. That, that seems like, talent-wise, Derek, like that's going to be the top tier. Yeah. I mean, those teams are, are tough right now. Ohio State recruiting at that kind of level and uh, just get the big man out of uh, the Mocan elite program that Illinois was – was interested in, was hoping to have a shot as, as a guy that they were going to try to bring on campus in the fall if he was still going to be open, but they were able to shut that down. And Jawan Howard's, I was going to say, not going anywhere. You're hoping he's going to go somewhere. You're hoping he's going to the NBA because that dude is a machine on the recruiting trail. Just has, he has it all rolling. He has the cool factor, um, the, the winning, obviously, that Michigan had before he got there and then the Elite Eight appearance. So um, he's a problem. And then, of course, Michigan State is – it's still rolling at a, at a high clip as well. I do want to mention one more guy. Look out for Fred Hoiberg. They, they could be, they get some talent coming in there. I know the transfer thing, like Alonzo Verge, blast from the past for us, Derek, is, yeah. is coming in Nebraska as a transfer. But last year, Bryce McGowan's a five-star prospect. Wilhelm Breidenbach, who's a rec specs guy, 6'9", big man, uh, signed with them last year. He's a top 100 kid, and they just got Ramel Lloyd, a top 100 kid. So I'm not, I'm not saying like Nebraska's all of a sudden going to jump up, but they're getting better. And, and I think there's teams getting a lot worse than them uh, right now. So that can be a team to watch uh, that can be competitive in the future. All right, Derek, let's talk about Io DeSumo, the NBA draft. Where do we want to see him go uh, in the NBA draft on Thursday? Let's talk about that next on the Illini Enquirer podcast. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, Derek, so I've been accruing what it looks like, like all the mocks here from the major media outlets. I kind of want to break down like where they have Io DeSumo going, but it, it depends on who you read. He's either slipping or he's like gaining traction, like he's rising up draft boards. And then some people just have him where they've had him all along. Uh, but I think it was... Uh, somebody had him, Zach Harper from the Athletics, said he could go as high as 19. Um, and then you have ESPN and SI having him going in the second round. Um, and then I talked with Kyle Boone from CBS, and he just says probably 20 to 30. That, that's probably where he will go. Uh, it just doesn't – like he's a part of a big group of guards, a good group of 
usually more veteran guards at the back end of this draft. But I think he's pretty attractive to NBA teams. And whether he goes 20 or whether he goes 35, this guy's going to sign a guaranteed million-dollar contract. And I think whatever NBA team has him is going to like him. And I think I was going to get a second contract in the league. I I just think he's a pro. Absolutely. Yeah, and I know that he has gotten uh, good feedback from those back in the the later first round. It would be great to just see him, just to have the – the status, I know from Illinois' perspective, to say that he was a first-round pick, I know that that's something that Io uh, dearly wants. Uh, but an opportunity, especially to be on a competitor, too, I think factors in there as well. But, uh, again, like you said, with his his work ethic, his uh, fearlessness in the moment uh, of being on the big stage and, uh, you know, having the knack of just being a clutch player and, and someone that's willing to do whatever it takes to win – I have full confidence just kind of his development trajectory, what he did at Illinois, what he'll do when he is a pro. I mean, he's already been preparing like a pro since he was since he was in high school. And it is really cool to see this kind of come full circle for him. So uh, full confidence that he'll stick in the league, that he'll do what's necessary. The jump shot is going to be still the ultimate. I, I don't know if it's it's a little bit of a question, to be honest with you. Um, but just something that he's – if he solidifies, he'll be around for a long time because he's probably not going to operate on the ball always. He's not He's not a traditional lead guard. Definitely can play in the pick and roll, make some decisions, and he did a great job of developing as kind of that, uh, you know, be able to get the pull up, to hit the roll man, and, and, and be that, that quarterback on the floor. But there's going to be times where he's going to be in the corner on the wing and can he hit the catch and shoot well enough Uh, that's going to be a factor for him of how much he plays or how big of a role he's going to play. But he's going to be in the league for a a while, I would think. Kyle told me, he gave me a line, like he's a B-plus at everything, but probably not an A at anything. And besides transition, I would agree with that. Like in transition, such a small – like I know teams like to run up and down the court, but it is a smaller part of the game. Like he's not a great shooter, right? Like, And he does have a hitch. Like he's got a low set point in his shot. I'm not trying to go all – draft Nick here on you, but um, he's not a superb athlete, right? Like that's what kept him from being a five-star prospect when the high school thing came around, but he's a pretty day. He's a pretty good defender when he's locked in on that end. He can shoot. He can create off the bounce. He's a little loose with the ball at times, but he is a great distributor. Uh, He rebounds well. So it, it almost hurts you sometimes in the draft process. If you're not elite at that one thing, right? If you're like elite length, elite shoot, like great shooter, you're going to get drafted pretty high. Like, um, so but defensively, I think that's where he can make a lot of money. If he's really good defensively, Derek, and just solid offensively, I think he can have a, a long career. And I think that's where teams are going to want him in the back end of the first round, early second round. They kind of try to go for more of the high ceiling guys uh, early in the first round that might have that one elite trait that, that can kind of carry you. Uh, but I just thought that was a good way for Boone to say it because Iowa is a phenomenal college player. I think he'll be a good pro but he's just got some limitations that might keep him from being a star at that, that NBA level, of course. Yeah, I think that's certainly a fair assessment. And defensively, we talked about it throughout his career. I thought there were times where he left you wanting a little bit more yeah. because of, I thought, with the length and the foot speed that he does have. And then he added on the strength, particularly for his junior year, that there was quite a bit of upside. And that's not to take away that there were times where he really impacted that end of the floor when he was engaged he he is a a, a very good defender and, and that's something that as you mentioned uh is going to be key in and how 
how much playing time or, or just kind of what the future is going to look like for him in the NBA. But uh, yeah, I think that is accurate of not being maybe an A in anything other than transition, maybe uh, competitive, yeah. competitiveness and hunger. That clutch is an A, I would, I would say. Professionalism, uh, but, right? Yeah. Handling the media, he's definitely, but that, you know, how much is that translate the court? But no, like he's got, I would say he's an A in tangibles. Right, like yeah. a professionalism. You don't. You're not going to have to worry about Iowa, and I. I think that does have value. So, well, we can pick this apart. But we're talking like shooting, dribbling, sure. you know, yeah. all of that, all those physical tools. He's not quite those A's, but yeah, I mean, he's a very enticing prospect. And so, I think I think he'll still go first round. So, let's talk about some of these the potential possibilities. Um, some people say the New York Knicks could be uh, a destination for him. And while I know most people are like, oh, no, not the Knicks, I will say there's a lot of playing time. Uh, they don't have any guards right now. Like, they're probably going to try and sign Kyle Lowry. Could they bring Derrick Rose back? But Emmanuel quickly, I think, and he's got some Desumu like similarities kind of physically. Uh, he's really all the, the only guard they have. And the Knicks have picked 19, 21, and 32 I think he'd be asked to do a little bit uh, right away. I, I do think they'll sign a veteran who's going to start for them at point guard, but um, I, I love his fit. Maybe not with the team or the role right away. I love his fit with Tom Thibodeau. I, I think those two would get along very well. I think Thibs would love him, uh, and I just think he would fit that kind of person. I mean, he's Brad Underwood, man. Like Brad and yeah. Underwood might not be as hardcore as, as Thibodeau, and maybe more personable, but I think he'd fit the culture of what Tibbs wants and what he's looking for. Yeah, I, I certainly could see that. I think that the big city vibe would would not scare him away and something that he yeah. would be able to embrace as well. Uh, it would be cool. And I'm not saying I'd like to see D Rose come back to Chicago. This is just me being personal, but it'd be cool if D Rose were to return there and then you do have Io. Because I, I know that that was someone that Io certainly looked up to a lot coming up in the game and everything. And they look, they need scoring out of that that position because that's why they lean so heavily on D Rose in the playoffs because Alfred Payton wasn't really given that. And we know Io can score. Um, so that that would be cool. I think that and you you bring up a great point with Tibbs and uh, the competitiveness and how hard you gotta play for him and you gotta be able to value the defensive end. I, I think he could fit in that. That'd be that'd be cool to see. Yeah, and you, you made a good point with D Rose and him together. That'd be really cool. Just 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 to store on two Chicago kids. I I do think Iowa would love that limelight, man. Like I think he'd actually love the pressure of, of being a first round pick in New York City. Uh, and I think he'd slate really well with RJ Barrett eventually. Like I, RJ can score, but leaves you wanting in, in some other areas. Uh, I, I think he could fit well with him uh, long term. All right, um, Kyle Boone had him going number twenty six overall to the Denver Nuggets, um, which is. Another team that I go, yeah, Io fits that culture of what they want. You know, Gary Harris kind of played that role for them for a while before they, I think they traded him. Uh, and with Jamal Murray out for a long time with his injury, they have a need uh, in their backcourt. So, so what do you think of, of that fit in Denver? I know this has been a popular spot project, projected wise for a while, and it's it's one that I personally uh, favor as well. I got a soft spot for Jamal Murray was one of the. My favorite prospects watching. Uh, you and Dustin I guess Ford you, both, yeah. Dustin Ford, Canadian Pipeline. Yeah, that was that was a pipe dream. But uh, it, it, I think playing behind Murray, and also it's a situation where uh, there's some flexibility in how you could use him because a lot of the offense is run through Jokic and him as the facilitator, and you don't have to have IOB the – 
the lead guard again. I mean, you can put him in pick and pop, pick and roll, um, and, and allow him to, to do a little bit of, of both, a little bit of everything. Uh, again, in a team that is very competitive, is very relevant. Uh, I think Illini fans would certainly love that. Plus, I mean, the sweet unis, man. Let's let's kind of factor that in as well. What we're gonna be, what you're gonna see people wearing around Champaign or or the state of Illinois. I think that that's got to be part of it. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think I'd have the Knicks above them. I mean, the classic Knicks, the orange and blue, right? right? That that would make a, a lot of sense there. But, yeah, we should have a unis ranking of what we'd want uh, for a DeSumo one at the end of this. But, yeah, I mean, he'd have the ball in his hands. The one thing is, you know, with Jokic and the ball, he's got to shoot well because Jokic sure. is, is such a great you know point center um, that you got to be able to shoot well. So I think that's a big question for Io kind of going into this draft. I don't know if I want him going here, Derek. I think this is a place I at least want him to go. Um, the staff mock draft at the Athletic had him going number 24 overall, overall to the Houston Rockets. That That's a train wreck <laughs> down in Houston after uh, the James Harden deal. Um, he would play a lot, right? I mean, they got John Wall there, Kevin Porter, Avery Bradley, Jay Sean Tate was starting games for them at the end of it. So he'd play right away, man, and he'd be a good culture setter for that organization. But that's just a lost team that I'd, I'd just be nervous about it for him. Like I'd love to plug him in Denver. I'd love to New York even right. Or even the Lakers Clippers we're going to talk about here in a second. Like those are, those are good environments. I think mostly for him to, to be at Houston. You, I don't worry about 21 year old. Io would compared to some other rookies, but it's just, that's not, I, I don't love that fit for any rookie going in there. Yeah, I completely agree with all of that. In terms of the opportunity, like you said, that that would be something that I'm sure would be intriguing to him, and he might see it as kind of a similar to a Shea Gilgis Alexander, like a lot to to really be had as a, a first year player and, and going forward. But let's be honest; I mean, the Thunder as an organization or someone that you trust probably a lot more than what's going on in Houston right now. Um, yeah, I mean. He'd probably, as far as projections go, go in there with Jalen Green, and would that be fun to to watch? I mean, would they ever be on TV? Maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, they would be pretty low on the list because I just think that it'd make more sense as far as a team that you trust a little bit more with what they have in place. And I would have them towards the bottom of my jersey rankings too. Like, I, I'm just not the, the Houston Rockets logo guy. Um, I, Yeah, Christian Wood – Jalen Green, Io. I mean, Io could have an all rookie. Like he could sneak into an all rookie team if he goes there. So if you're rooting for that, all right. Everybody likes him here. John Hollinger of the Athletic, Colin Ward Henninger of CBS Sports, and Gary Parish of CBS Sports all have him going to the Clippers because he looks like a Clippers player. What do you think of that fit? It makes sense. Uh, I, I would like to see that again in terms of. You talk about their perimeter defense, and I think he could fit into that well if he really is able to tap into his potential there. Uh, look, the Clippers are a competitor. Uh, you've got Kawhi, you've got Paul George. Uh, they've got some aging, an aging guy in like Beverly. Yeah. Um, well, here's I was about to say this, Derek. Sorry to interrupt, but like two guys I love for him to be around, even though they might keep him from playing right away, is Pat Bev, Pat Beverly, Chicago guy tough as you know what people hate playing mm-hmm. against him but you love when he's on your team and Rajon Rondo I don't know if he's gonna be there for another year but like that's a guy I'm like if I'm Iowa I think I was a better shooter than him but that's a guy like long um I, I was maybe not as special as a distributor or a ball handler as Rajon but 
those are guys I like. Reggie Jackson will probably be gone after this year. You know, Terrence Mann has some similarities to Io DeSumo, and Luke Kennard's a nice shooter to, to distribute with. So uh, I, I kind of like that spot um, long-term, maybe not as much short-term for him to, to make a huge impact, but I think he could crack the rotation potentially early. But that, that's a good place. Like, you know, you're with Kawhi and, and, and Paul George. Like, I know some of those guys have weird things, uh, Kawhi just being a weird guy and, and Paul George, you know, not showing up in playoff games that, that matter until this year, but that's, that's a good spot. Like that, that's, there's a lot of winners in that organization now, which is weird for me saying growing up, watching the Clippers be the worst team in the NBA. Michael Oliver candy back, back in the day. Yeah. Lloyd, uh, Lloyd Vaughn, I agree with that. Benjamin. Like that's what I remember on yeah. like NBA live and NBA jam. Mm. Corey McGetty, Darius Miles. <laughs> Yeah, I think, like you said, and then to have the veteran presence there, but guys that would really, in Rondo and Beverly, that would open the door for him to have a lot of opportunity, you know, a couple years down the road would make a lot of sense for him. Yeah. All right. Uh, the other L.A. team, some people have him going to. Uh, Zach Harper from The Athletic said he won't fall past the Lakers, which we have to mention Taylor Norton Tucker is there. What It would be crazy if those two met up at this point. I think it'd be fine. I think they'd move on at this point in their lives and make millions of dollars together. Uh, but what do you think of this fit? I mean, obviously you're not going to have the ball in your hands a lot, and you shouldn't when LeBron James and Anthony Davis are on your team. Um, a lot of star power, obviously, in the Lakers. They might shake up their supporting cast, but he does fit a, a need for them, and I think a longer guard who can kind of you know, do a little bit of everything. Uh, what do you think about the Lakers fit? First and foremost, I would love to see what the Macaroon Fire Twitter account would tweet out after that. Um, they, they would play <laughs> or, well together, man. Like, they fit each other really well. I know. They do. They do, absolutely. It, it has been seen. Uh, it's been a while. But uh, like you said, LeBron's going to have the ball in his hands, uh, initiating the offense. Uh, can, that's another situation maybe similar to Jokic. Can he shoot well enough on the perimeter? Uh, that might be a question mark, but – could he play? Could he be an upgrade over Alex Caruso? Could he? Uh, I, I would hope. I think maybe the answer would be yes. There, uh, outside of him, they got Dennis Schroeder. But with LeBron, the supporting cast is always in flux, and and you never know what that's going to look like. But um, yeah, I, I think again another major market um, team that's going to be seen a lot, going to be a, a competitor, um, valuable piece off the bench in a, in a playoff series. Because I see Io doing that. Yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah, I think this is the one that Atlanta fans would at least like to see because so many people don't like the Lakers. They don't like LeBron, right? Um, playing with Anthony Davis or Chicago kid would be awesome. Playing with a legend LeBron would be awesome. Wearing that Lakers jersey would be pretty cool for a guy who you know idolized Kobe Bryant too. So yes. uh, I'd feel really happy for Io, and I I think he'd be. I think LeBron will love him to be honest with you. So I, I think it'd be a really good spot. Uh, here's another one playoff team. Like this is the great part of getting drafted late first round, maybe even uh second is Sam Vicente has him going number 30 overall to the Utah jazz thoughts, Derek. Mm, Utah jazz. They get, they're in a good spot in the Jersey rankings, uh, depending, depending on which ones you're, you're going to go with, but uh, another winning organization, a lot of shooters to be able to put around him uh, to play with Mike Conley and, and learn from him. I think that would be a, a great benefit. Uh, of course, you got the star and, and Donovan Mitchell, but uh, I could see him behind a Conley or just kind of in that mix, surrounded by a lot of the, 
the shot makers, the the pick and roll man and go bear. That makes sense. That, that, that would make sense for me. And I, I think that's a good fit as well. Yeah. I mean, he, he just plays basketball. Well, that's what Utah does might have a little bit of a, you know, Utah, are they ever going to win a championship? I don't know. I just don't know if they have that level of talent, even though Donovan Mitchell is one of the best players in the NBA. I don't think he'd play a lot right away, to be honest. If they get Conley back, because you have Conley, Mitchell, Jordan Clarkson was the sixth man of the year. Joe Ingles can play uh, the two sometimes. Boyan Bogdanovich was a great ad for them. So, uh, yeah, if you're the guy after Conley, I think having a long guy next to Donovan Mitchell makes a lot of sense. And, and again, it just, you know, with that fit and Quinn Snyder coaching, uh, I would assume it would be something for Illini fans to see. But yes, there's a winning organization um, that's kind of under the radar because they're not sexy. Uh, but uh, I, I think Iowa would fit in there well. Here's another one. A lot of people are starting to do this. I've seen now Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer love his stuff. And uh, Sports Illustrated's Jeremy Wu, who we've met uh, at, at State Farm Center a few times, both have him going number 31 overall to the defending NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks. Um that that's like oh second rounder man I would I would run I'd be pumped if I were I one your family's only what an hour and a half away from you uh, but two playing with that team right now playing with Giannis playing alongside you know Drew and Chris Middleton um, yeah I I think you'd be happy if you were a second round pick there that would be a a great destination and I know I, I read. O'Connor stuff and one of his comps is Jumbo Drew Holiday and, and so to to kind of get a chance to to pick his brain to to be in that same gym with with Drew could, could be a great opportunity for him and I mean to play with with Giannis would oh man uh, that would be spectacular spectacular for him and you got shooters around you right you got Brooke um, Giannis can shoot a little bit right but Chris Middleton Drew could shoot a little bit Dante DiVincenzo is is kind of a guy that you know, I think he could play with, uh, but that'd be a, that'd be a good guard rotation. I don't think Jeff Teague's going to be there long, right? So, um, yeah, I, I, I would absolutely love that fit. And then Gavoni has uh, Io going number thirty-two overall uh, to the New York Knicks. So another Knicks fit there. I, I don't think he's going to slip to his hometown Bulls as as much as I, I would love that, mm. Derek. I, I don't think that's going to happen. That's unfortunate. Uh, where? How far down in the second round are they? 38. I, my, you, know, uh, you know who my guy is for the Bulls? Because like the, the plan for me is you were talking about Derrick Rose. That's a fine. I, I love Lonzo. I'm not like, oh, my God, if they don't get Lonzo. Because I, I I, Lonzo can make them a playoff team with what they have. Um, but he's not taking them to another level. Uh, whether it's Spencer Dinwiddie or whatever. So I think they're going to get a point guard. I, I'd love to add Joe Wieskamp at 38. Uh, I, I, I don't know if he'll be great. But there's some Joe Harris to him. Right. Like, I, I just think that shot translates to the NBA. He's a better athlete than I think people give him credit for. He's going to give up something defensively, but a guy off the bench, give me a shooter. And uh, I think Wieskamp would fit well there. I like that. I know it's not popular to like Iowa things on this podcast or in Atlanta Nation, but um, certainly like that one. And yeah, I mean, it didn't work out really with Denzel Valentine. Maybe we we'll go different Big Ten team. We'll, we'll try Wieskamp. How about a guy that torched Illinois this past year, Jason Preston? Oh, I was going to say Dwayne Washington, but yeah, Jason Preston. <laughs> I I think Preston is really, like because the Bulls they have scores right. Scoring is not their issue um, with Kobe White, Zach Levine, and now I love watching Vucevic. I, I just think he's a phenomenal player. Um, they need some guys who can who can defend, who can create, right? Distribute, 
And, and Preston, he's he's skinny, man, but gosh, he's a he's a baller. I mean, what a story he is. he is! But he's so he's such a long guard. I think he'd fit well with with Kobe White off the bench, and maybe develops into something. He's another guy I, I got my eye on. I like that. I like that thought. Push Kobe a little bit. Yeah, let's let's do that. Yeah, because Kobe, Kobe's fine. Like he's just yeah, he's not. Right. He's not. He's a he's a bench scorer, right? He's the microwave off the bench, like. That, that's a Jamal Crawford kind of player, which is great, right? But that guy's not going to be – he can't be your top three player. That's got to be a bench piece uh, off, off the bench. But all right, Derek, uh, so where are you hoping? Who's, who's drafting Georgie? <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean to react that way. Um, I've heard great things. And I talked with Brad about it. Um, and Brad said they love him. Like they love what he's brought to workouts. I hope he's on a summer league team. I would be yep. shocked if he were drafted. I would be shocked. Yeah, same same here. I just throwing a little slide at Abzigor. It's okay, but um, <laughs> I've heard the same thing. I think I think Georgie has done a really good job. I mean, to get those workouts, clearly he's he's yeah. presenting something that these teams like, and uh, it'd be fun to see him in the summer league for sure. Are we talking about? Okay, so make your prediction. Where's Where's Io going? Where's he going? Twenty six the Nuggets. You know, I'm gonna get a little bold. I'm gonna get a little bold. I love the Thibs fit. I'm going 21 to the Knicks, 21 or 32. One of those two. I don't know. I, I think I, I love him with the Knicks and they need guards and they'll go get one in free agency, but I don't know. Maybe they like Trey Mann more. Or maybe they like uh, Sharif Cooper. I, I don't know, but like the length of IO, what Thibs wants. And I think Thibs should get what he wants after what he did last year. Like I like that fit. So I'll go with the Knicks. I'll go 21. I'll make, I'll make him a first rounder here. Um, I What's the best jersey? What, what would Illini fans? What would do, what would be the jersey choice? Man, next jersey's pretty good. That orange and blue thing good. works out. Yeah, yeah. That blue one that they were wearing in the playoffs was was pretty killer. Um, I st- I do like the Nuggets setup. You got a couple of alternate choices there. The Jazz um, one is kind of nuts now, like how they've gone like the rainbow thing. Yeah, I don't love that honestly. Yeah. If you if you go throwback like purple jazz, I, that'd be good. I didn't mention this, Derek. I got to bring this fit up. Phoenix. Mm. Yep. Chris Paul, maybe a year or two more, right? You got Devin mm. Booker next to you. That that could be a really good fit for him as well. And that's a team that they their their window might be one more year. Right, like as crazy as that sounds, with Booker and Aiton being as young as they are, Cam Johnson he's I guess as long as Chris Paul is there, which I, I don't even know how long that'll be. He's a free agent now, but that would be a really good fit. NBADraft.net has Io going there right now, so that, that's one I wanted to mention because that would be, I think that'd be really good. And to be in Phoenix, being Arizona, would be a bad thing either. Another great jersey, um, an opportunity to play behind Chris Paul, shooters, Aiton in the. The pick and roll. The Hawks are another one that yeah. uh, has some potential. I don't think they're projected anywhere yet, but that's one where really behind Trey. What is it? Is it Lou Will? Yeah, I, I love the fit defensively next to Trey. I don't know if I love it offensively for Io. Right? He's, he's, he's going to be. So yeah, he's not going to have the ball. You got to shoot. You got to be able to shoot with him, and that's where I think a three and D guy fits a little bit better. Uh, it's nice to have another guy who can distribute in those things. I love him next to. Trey defensively if if Iowa locks in, but offensively I just don't think it's a perfect fit. But yeah, that that'd be that would work too, and that that's a team that's gotten buzz. I think I think maybe I'm just traditionalist here, but the Knicks and Lakers would be the coolest jerseys. Yeah, yeah. So can't uh, argue with that too much. Our Suns would be up there. 
are we talking about another draft pick next year? Yeah, we have to be, right? Which one? Who? Which, which oh, two? oh, yeah, that's true. That's, yeah, good question. Kofi's got to be getting picked, in my opinion. I think he's – if he goes out there and dominates the level that we are that we think he's going to – and, again, I mean, he, he was fairly dominant this past year. I, I think there are bits and pieces that he can add to his game to show enough to the next level that he's he'd be worthy of a second-round pick, in my opinion. I, I would feel, That's my expectation. Now, are we going to have NIL conversations again, and is the money going to still be there? to earn that and go four years in college. I don't think, I don't know, ask Kofi. I, I'm not going to ask him, but I, I don't think two more years of classes is probably going to really enthrall Kofi though. The, the the degree wouldn't be too far away, but Curbelo as well. I, I think he's got a chance if he shoots it well enough. Like who's the better NBA prospect Garza or Kofi? Like Garza mm-hmm. shoots, he can shoot a little, but he's not the best shooter, right? Like, I think both those guys, as weird as it is, like in this NBA, they're both matchup guys, right? So I think Kofi's elite thing, which is rebounding, translates a little better to the NBA. But you just got to know when you draft him, if it's late second round or if you bring him in the G League, like that's a guy you hope to play 10 to 15 minutes a game, right? And, and be Boban or be, you know, whatever. Like that, that just that for that 10, 15 minutes, he's going to be a matchup issue, but you kind of limit the issues he gives you, which is mostly defensively, right? Like defensively, he just causes um, a lot of ease for, for teams that can just have Steph Curry or Trey Young shoot a 25-footer after uh, on a ball screen. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I, I don't think that – I think Luka's defensive uh, shortcomings and then also not being as good of a rebounder as Kofi is, is a bigger deal than some of Kofi's limitations on the jump shot. I, I don't – I think you can get away with – him not being a three-point shooter. Yes. If he does show some kind of a, I can step out of the paint and at least hit a 15-footer, which I think is going to be within his capability if he gets if he works on it enough, I, I would lean Kofi's direction on that. Yeah, because you see guys like Drummond and Dwight Howard who are kind of shells of themselves from earlier years. Like, I think Kofi, can can he be that, right? Like the older versions of those guys? Because I don't think he's not as good of an athlete as Dwight, probably not as good of an athlete as Andre Drummond but he's got that kind of size uh, that I think could really translate well. Are we talking about Curbelo as, as a draft guy? Like I, I talked with uh, Kyle Boone. He said, I'm, I'm watching him, man. Like, I, he goes, I, he's, he's special. And if he can just improve that jump shot, maybe we're talking about him as a, as a second round guy going in next year. That's the kind of narrative or rhetoric that I'm hearing is that the next level is watching him. They're very, intrigued by him and if he does show that he can hit the three-point jumper at even just a solid 33 to 35 percent clip i mean what was he last year it was not it's in the 20s right low 20s uh, i think that he's got just that special playmaking ability the hard to keep in front like as far as the blow by the, the be able to break you down those that's an elite trait you talked we talked earlier in the podcast about having that kind of elite trait he has that that really jumps off the page for for nba people and i i will say this in some pictures that i've seen he looks stronger like his upper body does look stronger i think that's something else that they're looking for Uh, it could be in the cards for him I, i do think it potentially will be but again it might be would nil keep him back for one more extra year for a third year i think that's something that could also 
uh, be in the mix. Yeah, like I, first round, I don't know if that's ever going to be in his realm, just because size, right? Shooting, like if he gets to a thirty percent three point shooter, I do think he's going to be on radars, just because you got to keep him honest. But I just thought Cassius was kind of the model for him, but Cassius was a better shooter. I, I think Andre's quicker, uh, but yep. uh, you know the feel for the game stuff. Uh, you know, Cassius obviously stayed four years. It was an early second round pick, kind of like those four year point guards usually are. Um, it'll be interesting. I, I don't know if Corbello is going to be drafted next year, but he is on radars, and that's great for Illinois that, that we're talking about this. And it sure beats nine years of talking about, yeah, this guy ain't getting drafted. Like Malcolm Kendrick, like yeah, they're good, but they're 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 not getting drafted. All right, Derek, I kept you long enough, man. Appreciate it as always, and there's a lot of fun things to talk about right now with Illinois basketball. Absolutely, football just around the corner. Great time to be alive. Yes, yes, it is. Great stuff from Derek Piper. That was a lot of fun, uh, breaking down Io DeSumo's possibilities uh, in the NBA. And as someone who loves the product of the NBA, I uh, can't wait to see Io DeSumo uh, leaving his mark and, and getting his chance at uh, what I think is the most beautiful league in the world, uh, what those guys can do. It's just unbelievable. The skill level uh, in the NBA is is ridiculous and uh, I know there's a lot of college fans have this idea of the NBA and, and it might be true for some guys but the idea that's all ball hogging and, and not skill and, and not teams I'm like are you maybe 20 years ago maybe 15 years ago you're thinking some of that but I mean didn't we just go through a Golden State Warriors dynasty where it was the most beautiful basketball I think I've ever seen. Um, I know people don't like the, the guys coming together and creating their own teams, but Milwaukee just won. We just saw a Toronto team. That was great teamwork win. Um, you know, LeBron and that Cavs team in 16 was an unbelievable accomplishment to, to, to not let uh, Golden State win, even though they were down three games to one. I, I just think this is a great era of NBA basketball with so many great players and so many great teams. And uh, I think you're starting to see some competitiveness out of these guys too. Like I I'm probably won't be rooting for Brooklyn, um, but there's a lot of other good teams that Brooklyn's got to get through uh, to have the chance at the NBA finals. And even the Lakers team, man, like watching LeBron, and Anthony Davis, they're good, <laughs> really good. And it's, it's a lot of fun to watch and it'll be fun to watch. Uh, I would assume have his chance to play uh, with some guys like that. Hope you enjoyed that podcast. As always, give us a follow wherever you get your podcast. And if you'd rather watch this podcast, if you're, if you're more of a visual person, I don't know why you'd want to look at me and Derek the entire time, but people have really enjoyed it. We also put up our interviews with Illinois uh, athletes, coaches up on our YouTube page and you can give us a uh, subscribe there what do they say smash that subscribe button with all those content creators on youtube uh you can follow us there i put up a lot of our podcasts there especially with these interviews uh and uh we put up the the player interviews coach interviews up there as well so we'll be doing a lot of that through training camp illinois basketball as we go along here as well so find us on youtube just search alana inquire you can find it there and as always one dollar vip subscription for your first month at alana inquire so check us out there uh derek's gonna have something special for you on draft night that i'm i'm really looking forward to uh, he's also got a Braden huff update coming up khalil Ware, and we got our football position primers continuing and some football recruiting stuff coming up as we get ready for training camp right here at Alana Enquirer. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you next time on the Alana Enquirer podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.